Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. I know you've got a lot on your plate. We all do. But what do you get out of all of your big plans, dreams, and ambitions when you can't find the time to pursue any of them? Frustration, disappointment, and sleepless nights, that's what. Well, we have a cure for that, but you still have to do the work. The first thing you need to do is listen to some good advice and be prepared to take some notes. Are you ready for that? Let's go. Eric is a professional speaker who has delivered training and motivational speeches to help businesses and individuals realize their goals by unleashing their unlimited potential. He has shared his inspirational message for professional and personal success with companies, associations, and congregations across the country. Eric's specialty is time management, and he is known as your procrastination prevention partner. His message will inspire you to maximize your time, minimize your stress, and break the habit of procrastination so that you can operate in your divine calling with 12 practical principles to overcome procrastination. Eric Twiggs, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Wow, Eric, are it's you great there? to be here. I am here. Oh. Awesome, awesome. Eric, you know, um, I 
when we first talked about you get coming back on the show and you talked about your new book and I just said, you know, now it's just a great time for, you know, you to deliver this kind of message because we, we're living in a world today where time management impacts everyone, regardless of your, you know, profession. Yeah, I agree with that 100%, Michael. And there's just a lot of distractions. And I think in today's environment, you have to be more focused and you have to be more disciplined than ever to accomplish your goals. Yeah, um, and, and let's talk about some of the things that really just steal our focus and keeps us from getting things done. What are some of the things we're dealing in modern day with technology and just the way we communicate with people that are just sort of bogging us down and keeping us from moving forward? Well, now when you, you social media it is a huge distraction, and it's, it's so easily easy to go on your Facebook page and get tied up on your mainstream. It's so easy to get caught up in getting the next email. Uh, and, and my advice to people that I work with and audiences I speak to is to turn off the distractions and to get mm-hmm. rid of the chimes and alerts to let you know. When you've got that instant message, I mean, it's to a point now there, there are different apps that you can get that can, you can set timers to automatically shut down your social media site. Like there's a, there's an app, it's called rescue time. You can give yourself, (laughs) you can give yourself a certain amount of time that you're going to be on social media. Then after that, it'll literally shut down your apps for you. It'll also help you to track how much time you're spending, but it can be, a brutal time waste and really help cause you to get off focus. Right. Right. And, you know, a lot of people too have, you know, issues with anxiety when they do just that, when they are no longer connected for a certain period of time, they feel like they, you know, they, they need to know. Um, I've been in situations where people really just don't have service, but they keep looking at their phone anyway, you know, and it's, it's this habit that we have, I guess, that we're sort of programmed to respond and react to our phones as opposed to respond and react to situations that we can, you know, do something about as far as the cause and effect. You know, we've given up on that. Yes. Yeah, I saw a study recently that said that 33% of adults will actually wake up in the middle of the night to grab their phone to check their email social media feed. Mm. That's scary. It is. That's scary. And it's, it is. it's a concept. It's called this, this thing. It's called the principle of random reward, where we actually <laughs> get like a, a, a dopamine rush when mm. we get that next email or we get that next Facebook like, or we get that next mm. message, that text message. And it's just, it goes, it boils down to awareness and being aware. That's why I mean, one of the things that's helped me is just I just keep my phone on a whole totally different floor from from where I sleep. So there's no <laughs> temptation whatsoever for me right. to check it, and I'm not distracted. Yeah, yeah, and, and there are all these different new psychosis for people who are, are dealing with social media. People are actually sleep texting. They don't realize <laughs> that they're responding to text in their sleep. They don't remember the response or what they said or you know, who it was that they were sending the text to, but they're still, you know, doing the, the mechanical part of it. Yes. Yeah, it, it's a it's a big problem, and a lot of the business owners and executives that I work with that are responsible for sending out social media, what we do is we recommend that they use certain things that will allow them to post, like if they have to post for business, for marketing, but it mm-hmm. doesn't get them caught up in their – social media stream, like there's an app, it's called Hootsuite, H-O-O-T-E. And and Mm -hmm. I love that because literally, right, you know, you can go on and you can set a schedule for the post you're going to do without seeing what's going on in your stream and getting distracted. Yeah. Hootsuite is so popular and so big, you can actually get certified in Hootsuite. And that might even Mm -hmm. get you a job if that's your field. (laughs) Right. And But these are things that reclaim the time that we're losing. I mean, and there's so many people that have great ideas who are, they're ambitious and they, they know how to get their idea out there. They have the elevator talk, but they never get to the point where they can sit down and do the work because 
that's the part they can't seem to reclaim their time to be able to do these things. Now, I realize that this takes more than just getting the time to do it. It takes discipline. But what's, what are some of the other key um, factors you would have to be able to um, get enabled to be able to get these things done? Well, I think, it, like you said, it takes time. It takes discipline. But I also think it takes clarity. Mm. And one of the big things that causes people to procrastinate is when you're not clear on your why. You're not focused on what what are your goals or what, what do you really want out of life. And, and mm. that's something that that's a huge part of my story where, yeah. you know, when I was coming up through the corporate ranks, I got to this point where I had the trappings of success. You know, I had the car, right. I had the title the company we were doing very well but i just got to this i got to this point where literally i dreaded the thought and the idea of going into the office even though i had what everybody said was you know this is the trappings of success and it wasn't until i became clear that things started happening and i started to procrastinate i found myself procrastinating less and and here's what i found when you get clear you, you start to realize that the things that you want were really just waiting on you. But that they were waiting on you to really get clear. Once you get to that right. moment of clarity, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think yeah. that's, that's very critical to understand. That is very critical. Um, and, and, and that's a real eye-opener because I was just thinking about the statement that you just made, which for me, it kind of blew me away because I saw something when you said it. Um, what do you really want out of life? Right. Right. A lot of people have taken that primary want and desire, that need, and they've replaced it with attention. Mm -hmm. Because that's what social media is. It's just you getting out there and you're drawing and attracting a lot of attention. But is it in the realm of the thing that you really want to do it? Is it your passion? You know, is it connected somehow? And I think Sometimes people dive in and get so involved in that, they look at whatever their passion is to, as secondary because they can't reach the same level that, you know, them posting YouTube videos might and whatever it is they really want to do in life. Well, and a big part, and I talk about this in the book, but a big part of what causes people to procrastinate is fear. And yes. one of the things that social media and email and text messaging, it provides you with a temporary relief from that feeling. Oh, so I, hmm. I think that's from just from the people I've worked with that some of the things I've noticed that when you, especially if you're very impulsive, you want that temporary relief from that anxiety. Let's say you've got a deadline and you, you want that temporary relief. So you go right to your social media, uh, you, you go right to your phone and that gives that to you. But again, but you have to be aware, and it helps to know what exactly you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's very true. A lot of people aren't honest about what they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So, I mean, it, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to ask you, um, so when you're working with clients, how do you uncover that? How do you get to the asking that question? Because that's one that people would be a little apprehensive about, unless you have a way to drill down to that point. Well, normally it, it falls into certain specific buckets, and if someone is talking long enough, it usually comes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and sometimes I'll just ask it point blank, what is it that you're afraid of? Mm-hmm. And eventually as we start talking, it, you know, it starts to come out. It's normally it's fear of failure. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty common fear, fear of failure, fear, fear of being criticized. Uh, fear of success actually is huge. Mm. Not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because if, if if we look at the culture today, sometimes there's a penalty when you start to separate yourself from the pack. Exactly. It's, you know, you get, you know, a lot of times if you're in a meeting and you start speaking out and the, the leader of the meeting will say, okay, great, Eric, that's great. Tell you what, why don't you chair that committee? <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to chair the committee. I just had my idea. So the next mm-hmm. time I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Right. And so that sometimes that sends the message that if I stand out above the crowd and I really move forward, 
then it's going to give me more things on my plate, more time for my family. But here's something that is key to understand when it comes to fear. If you think about fear, think about things that you're afraid of. Most of those fears are future-based. Yes. They're, in the, they're not in the present. They're actually in the future. And that's and I mentioned this in the book. There was this; they did this study of the skydivers, and he actually measured their heart rate, and their heart rate actually peaked right before they were about to jump out of the airplane, and it actually went down when they were in the air. Hmm. So once they actually got out of the plane, their their heart rate actually went down, and so I mean the big takeaway is if we can understand that our fears are future based. And if you think about most of the things that you were afraid of or are afraid of, they usually don't end up manifesting themselves. It usually doesn't work out to that worst-case scenario. Exactly. And sometimes we feel that we have to prepare ourselves for a worst-case scenario. But preparation is, I guess, is different than focusing on that worst-case scenario and, and I think that's what some people get locked into you know because that's the thing that could go wrong is the thing that they feel that they have to put the the most thought into yeah and so they obsess over the worst case scenario exactly. it's okay so right I have this presentation and mm-hmm. it's in front of my supervisor and if it doesn't go well then I'm going to get a demotion. Then if I get a demotion, I'm going to lose my house. Then if I lose my house, we're going to have to live with my parents. So you've gone from mm-hmm. this presentation to living with your parents, and all of it's really in your head. Exactly. So prepar- I think you made a key point, Michael, that the key is preparation from the standpoint of I'm going to prepare. And when you prepare, you I know for myself, you find that you're less fearful when you've exactly. practiced and you've – so you're not obsessing over what could happen. You're preparing for what you want to do. Right, and you replace you replace that thought process with something positive. Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of these principles. Um, and I know we can't go through all twelve. I mean, good grief! Um, but <laughs> I was surprised to see that there were twelve. I, that's why I say that. I'm like twelve. I would have thought maybe. Four or five will get you over, but <laughs> if there are twelve, then this thing is a lot deeper than I had imagined. So, um, yeah. So, let's talk about some of the common things where people um, sort of get stuck, and what helps them to even get past the point where they're saying right now, "Wow, you know that sounds really good. You know, I got to get this book." But they're the type of person who will forget about that thirty minutes after the show's over. What happens there? What happens? So let me clear something up. So initially, like the first six steps or so, I'm just kind of I'm giving you a lot of the causes of procrastination. But then yeah. when when you get later in the book is really where you or where I get into the cure, and I've summarized mm. the cure into uh, a model that I call the procrastination prevention pyramid. Wow. And so. So so the foundational step or the foundational rung on that pyramid is your attitude. Mm. And so, so the key, because what I found just from working with people that if someone is stuck, 80% of the reasons they're stuck has to do with their mindset and how they think. Right. Whereas like the other 20% has to do with skill set and the mechanics. But it's most of the time it starts with their mindset and their mentality. And the big thing on the attitude is how do you self-identify? And I, and I talk to a lot of people that say, oh, I'm such a procrastinator. You know, Eric, I'm always late. I've always been a procrastinator. I always wait to the last minute. Where and So it's the difference between having what is what's considered a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I got this. There's a great book that for the listeners I would recommend. It's Carol Dweck, and it's the book titled Mindset. And she goes through the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. So, a fixed mindset just says that this is how I am. This is how 
I was born. I can never change. I'm just a procrastinator. That's I've always been a procrastinator. But a growth mindset says that, yeah, yesterday I was a procrastinator, but yesterday ended last night. Today I'm going to do something different. Wow. So, so it's really all about really focusing on growing and, and focusing mm. on moving mm. forward so that the attitude is really what trips a lot of people up. And then there's a study that shows that you're more, if you're a pessimist, you're more likely to procrastinate than you are if, you're, if you have an optimistic outlook. Wow. So you pretty much the uh, nail on the head because you're saying that the way you think of yourself and the way your attitude towards whatever your goals and objectives are, start with the words that you speak about yourself and who you are and whether or not that's a person who can actually attain these goals. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And, and that's a big portion of the battle. If you can really start talking to yourself in a different mm-hmm. way and you can adopt that growth mindset, I mean, you'll be well on your way to overcoming procrastination. Right. And, and it's interesting, too, because people who make those statements over and over again, they, they say it to you as if it's okay. And, you know, that now you'll share some of your um, <laughs> your faults and weaknesses and, you know, <laughs> let's just have a great Literally conversation, right? No, exactly. <laughs> but that's really not the case at all. But um, it, and it's interesting because I see that as a, a primary objective is to, I guess, I don't know if there's a portion of your book as well that speaks about affirmations or anything but I always warn people about the words they say about themselves. I've always done that. I didn't really think of it specifically the way you're talking about, but I think it's in parallel. But yeah, um, yeah it's very important. So one of the things I do with audiences and I challenge, I call this the twigs challenge, is hmm. I challenge them to go and get like a rubber band and put it around their wrist. And every time they catch themselves saying one of those limiting statements mm-hmm. just snap themselves with a the rubber band. Mm-hmm. Every time they, every time you catch yourself saying, Oh, I'm always a procrastinator. Or I'm just not good at this. If those limiting statements just snap that rubber band. And I, I've literally had people email me after events I've done to Eric, you know, I snapped myself eight times last week, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, it helps to focus mm-hmm. on that awareness. I just think that that's mm-hmm. critical. Yeah. <clears throat> And and that's another thing too. Social media is stolen from us. It's just our aware of our environment. I mean, awareness yeah. in itself, and perceiving things as they are, as opposed to how they could be based on the next action or next situation. And you know, I, I think this all started with, believe it or not, emojis, because mm-hmm. you know you can write a statement. It just depends on what you put afterwards. Changes the whole statement. And I think people are starting to live their lives like that, that, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. the great time they're having, it, it could go wrong at any moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's funny. I mean, you mentioned awareness. I mean, that's the next. So we talk about the procrastination pyramid. That's the next step is to really become aware, mm-hmm. you know, aware of your different distractions, aware of your different triggers. I mean, even something when we talk about awareness, something as simple as, you know, are you a morning person or are you a night owl? Mm. Are you aware of the genetics? So trying to, so if you're a morning person, scheduling your activities during those morning times, and vice versa, if you're a night owl, your high priority things, knowing that your energy levels are going to be lower, And, and not only that, but can you find if you we talked about being clear. Can you find a group that lines up with your specific goal? So like for me, when I really wanted to take the next step with my speaking career and write books, I aligned myself with the National Speakers Association. And and that Mm -hmm. really helped because there were other people that were trying to get to the next level and that were writing books. And so it, that, that, I think that's a great point you bring up. I mean, that awareness piece is just really critical to help you to overcome yeah. that. And, and as you said, you know, you find that when you focus, you find that whatever it was that you needed was already there waiting for you right. to really pay enough attention or do whatever the action 
needed to be taken to do what you need to have done. So, and, and those things are just hanging out there. There's, they're like jigsaw puzzle pieces that are only inches away from the place right. they need to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, I make that distinction in the book. I thought that, you know, I was waiting on the right opportunities. It turns out the, way, the right opportunities were just waiting on me to get myself together <laughs> and get mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. And when you first noticed that you saw things differently, because I, I believe that you're an analytical thinker and you look at things as um, in pieces and you want to make sure those pieces fit together the best way possible in order for you to get the result you're looking for. So yeah. there, there was a light bulb that went off at some point that said, you know, if I continue to live my life this way, not only can I, you know, excel, but I can also um, increase my pace by only doing it the right way. W- when did this all come about? Well, so I, I talked earlier where I had this moment where I realized that I just wasn't happy with, even though I was making the money and I had the title and the accomplishments at that time, I wasn't happy. So I just started on this journey and I started to focus on, you know, at what point in my career was I the most happiest? And I looked back and saw it was always when I was standing up and speaking and, and communicating to groups. Mm, mm-hmm. and, and once I, I just started, saw a pattern. So, I, so my next steps are really to do that more and more. And so then I, like I joined Toastmasters International. And I, I went into the organization thinking, well, my goal is to become a professional speaker, speaker. But then all of a sudden, I meet someone at the club who trains professional speakers. Oh. You know, so it's like, again, it's kind of like once you get start to get clear, the next steps become, yeah, start to pre- uh, present themselves. So once I really realized that I need to follow this passion of, speaking in public, that's when these opportunities started opening. And then people just kept, everyone around me kept saying, Eric, you know, you need to need to join the National Speakers Association. I kept hearing that in different arenas. Then I took that next step. And then I just got more and more information. And that's how I actually met Willie jo- Dr. Willie Jolly, who wrote the forward to the book. Right. So is it, oh, that's so awesome. to, kind of, to answer your question, again, once you get clear, once you really start operating in your passions, that's when things, the steps start revealing themselves. But the challenge is, and I went through it, we, we often try to just figure it all out right from the beginning without taking any steps. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's what faith is all about. You have to get out there and do something different. And right. look for that next opportunity, not know that the opportunity is there in, uh, in sp- a specific way, shape, or form. It's just out there. And if right. you're walking, you can find it. But if you're standing still, you, you're, <laughs> your peripheral will not change. I mean, that's it. What's there is there. And and that's, right. I think, where a lot of people are stuck, too, is um, they want to continue to talk about and try to discover through conversation or either that just doubting themselves is generally where that conversation goes and and not moving forward. Right. No, I think it's critical that you, and then in my, in my events, I, I use the kind of the metaphor of your GPS where if it's stuck, you can't get direction until you move forward. And then once you start moving, that's oh, when you yeah. start getting, exactly. that's when you start getting direction on where to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome because it it can't it can't give you the information you need because it has to know which direction you're going. Whether or not it's the right direction doesn't matter. Just that you are moving gives it everything it needs to be able to help you get to where you're going. And one thing, one thing I've observed: if you ever want to know, like, if this is something I should do, you know how you get that uncomfortable feeling in the pit of your stomach. Mm-hmm. From my experience, that's a sign that I need to move forward. Right. Because that, that means your, your comfort zones are really being challenged. And you're trying to get to that. If you're trying to get, and that's what keeps people back a lot of times. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. You feel that. Let's say again, you've got okay. a big presentation. <laughs> and you feel that before. And I've seen, you know, at Toastmasters, I've seen people literally not show up the day they had a scheduled presentation because they couldn't deal with that feeling. 
But I just learned that feeling that there's something good on the other side of that feeling. Yes. And and it can be as simple as, you know, if you, if you know you need to have a conversation with an individual and you start to feel that feeling, that's a sign that you need to have that conversation. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. So as far as moving forward, I, I think that's a key thing to understand. I mean, something good is, is trying to emerge or break through when you feel that discomfort. That means you're you're stretching your comfort zone and there's a possibility of growth. Wow. It's funny. I'm thinking now that I've heard that term put to me this way, and it was know your gut. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people feel that, that that gut feeling means one thing or the other. Right. But you're saying it just means move forward. Because the closer right. you get to whatever it is, is you can still make your decision along the way. But right. the closer you get, it becomes a, a bit more defined. And then you know right. for sure. Right. And yeah. usually when you are trying to get to a, that next level, that's when you start feeling that feeling in your gut. And you start hearing that voice that says, that's trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. That says, well, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if you start the business and the business fails? What if you get up to do the speech and you forget what you're going to say? But that's that's a part of the process. But it, because the problem yeah. is, if you stay com- if you stay comfortable, you're not you're not going to move and you're not going to grow. You know, I um have done a lot of public speaking where I've been on stage and I'm always nervous beforehand, but. Mm-hmm. I, I've defined for me nervousness is just an energy. It's yeah. like you're revving the engine, you're not going anywhere, so you're making a lot of noise. But once you get going, you don't notice the noise anymore, you know? Right. So it's it's just a power that is ready there for you to tap into, but you're just not using it yet. And then people I think they see they may see someone like you who you you do a lot of speaking in public, you've got your radio program and think, oh, well, that's easy for Michael to say because he's a natural. <laughs> but I, I think we all struggle, we've all struggled with that at times, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean I've been on programs with pastors and before mm-hmm. we're about to go out, they'll pull me to the side and say, Eric, you know, I preach to my congregation every week, but I'm nervous right now. <laughs> hmm. and, and you would never think that this is what they do all the time. And so, the, the takeaway, this is just a normal part of the process, and we can't run from right. it. It's about moving forward. Right. And, you know, something that you, once you've learned, I guess, to, I don't say you ever master it, but when you learn that that's a part of the process, you become more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. I mean, as a matter of fact, I can remember this was years ago, probably had to be 20 years ago. I had to do a, I remember I had to do, I, I was taking a, a class on becoming a public speaker for my for a company I was working for. And I had to do a 10 minute presentation the next day. And I literally could not sleep the night before. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I literally <laughs> was ter- tossing and turning all night, figuring out. And, and, I, and I look back at those days, it just, it just shows you that, you know, that, that progress is possible. Yeah, and it's funny because um, I guess up until I was about 19, I was extremely shy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that was that quiet guy for the most part in every room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and it was something that I wanted to work at, I guess, and, and change. And I went, I guess, as far to the left as I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what brought me here. So, yeah. Right, but but you you didn't have a a fixed mindset. I mean, you just kept pressing on to what you towards what you wanted. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um tell us some other um tools that people can use to begin to um, you know, make a change in their life because you really mentioned it that this thing can turn around at any given moment, once you've changed that attitude and made a decision? Yeah, so one of the things I talk about in the book, kind of going back to clarity, is if you're Mm -hmm. trying to get clear, this is something that's actually helped me, is writing a letter 
from your future self. Oh. <laughs> so I think about wow. it because, you know, a lot of times we're detached from the future and we're just thinking about what's in front of us. But it really – so think about your ideal situation, say, 20 years from now, and write a letter from yourself uh, to, in the future and say, hey, hey, it's Eric. You know, I'm – I've published three books, and I've been on stage with Les Brown and everything. that. But it really starts to – it's a good exercise to help you to clarify, you know, what it is that that you really want. So so that's, yeah. that's one that helps. Yeah, um, and, and not, don't get freaked out when those things actually happen because they <laughs> right. will. Yes. <laughs> I believe in the power of words, and, and you can make so much happen just by – writing that story and, and putting yourself in those situations and really envisioning how things will go. Right. And, and you, and you really start to get to feel encouraged and the way the mind works, you, you start to line up with opportunities and when you start really yeah. thinking about it, people that can help you to get there, start crossing your path. Mm, that's so awesome. That, that's a good one to help you to get clear on what it is that you want. Wow. That's an awesome idea. I would like to see a bunch of those letters. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, my. Do people ever show you theirs? I've seen a few. Yeah, oh. I've seen a few. Yeah. That's awesome. It, but it, it is a challenge to get people to actually do it. Yeah, yeah. It's very introspective. And, you know, but that's where you have to go. <laughs> right. That's one thing I know for sure is a common denominator in success. And people who are highly successful, it's, they're very introspective. They really have to know what they're working with. You know, you have to look at yourself as not only um, the most important thing, but you also have to look at yourself as a tool as well. Because yes. you have everything in you to achieve the things that are in your imagination. Your dreams are there for a reason, for a purpose. Right. And you have all the tools, you just have to put them to work. Yes. And some of those tools you have to learn how to use the way a master would. Yes. And if you're willing to do that work, you can get the success that you dream of. But And I think you bring up a great point because a lot of people believe that what they're looking for is outside of themselves. Yeah. You know, it's it's with some company or with – but it's – uh, you have everything you need, and I think that's it starts with you and your focus and your mindset and how clear are you on what it is that you want and how willing are you to take the steps to go after it. And, you know, we, we often, though, become so impatient. I mean, we want to see results right away instead of yeah. – sometimes we're in a process – and we have to do the same thing over and over again because we're doing it better each time. And we have to learn how to get it right. It's not at the level that it should be. And it's not that those are failures. They're more like practice runs. And we have to yes. accept that as part of the journey. And a lot of times we want to throw that away or call it quits too early just because it wasn't what we wanted or how we thought it would be. And I'm, you know, I go into different personality types in the book, but, I I can be very impatient. Mm. I, I want results yesterday, but right. like you said, it's it's a process. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it is it's a long grinding process at times, and, and that's that's definitely a reason that I encourage people because you know sometimes you hear this when when people tell you oh find something that you love to do, it sounds like a cliche, but I think that's very important because you'll be more likely to hang in if you love it. Right. You know, as, as opposed to, because I, you know, I see this with business owners that get sold. Okay. You know, you can start this business and it's turnkey. So they think, okay, yeah, this is going to be an easy profit machine. But then when times get tough, they realize they don't really love the business. So now they've just purchased something that they hate, but they have to go in every day. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you, if you're doing something that you would do for free, Yes. I think it helps with that process. It helps you to be able to endure the process. Right. You know, and it's like, especially early in my journey, when I would do these free engagements, 
It, it would be at a church. And I, I, sometimes I'm sitting there right before I'm about to go up, and, and I could just think to myself, you know, I could do this all day every day. That's awesome. You know, I, <laughs> there's no money involved. There's no there's no book. There was no. I'm, I'm just. I would just look around and just stop for a moment. You know, this is something I could just do all the time. And I think if you can find that, that, that helps you to deal with the, the time and, and be patient. And even with that, it's difficult, but it's, it's, more, it's easier to bear if you're into something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And our passions are always connected somehow to our talents. And um, I think people really need to look at that. If you feel that you're passionate about something and you don't have a talent in that arena, more than likely you're admiring someone else's talent and you just would like their (laughs) success. And um, I have to tell people this all the time because, you know, I deal with a lot of folks who are really talented and some of them do have a certain skill set, but you, you find that they're devoid of passion about that thing. And um, it's a it's a real dream killer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Pa- I mean, I, I just think that passion is huge, and and that's why I think you have to really be careful what you say yes to and what what you say no to, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now you are. Um, you, you spoke of some some um, steps you took when you were sort of developing a network and it may not always be joining um, a speaker's um, association or something like that, but people do need to understand and learn how to put themselves in the right circles of people who can somehow help them to get where they want to go. Even if it's not, if they can't do it by, you know, actually mentoring, maybe they could just do it as an example or if you could look at someone and sort of follow the path that they took somehow. And a lot of people oftentimes just feel they have to go it on their own and do it their way. Yes, I, I agree. And I think like the simplest thing is if you, you work for an organization and let's say you're in sales and there's someone who's number one in sales every quarter, it's as simple as walking up to that person and finding out what are they doing. But in most organizations, there are very few people that do that. It's usually we, we chalk it up to, okay, that's just luck. He's just a lucky guy. He's just got all the good customers. But, but I think it's like Tony Robbins used to say, success leaves clues. And it could be one or two things that you pick up that can help you to get similar results. And and I do think that that can save you a lot of time from having to reinvent the wheel yourself. Yeah. And believe it or not, most of the time people like that are more open to talking about it than you think, because generally speaking, there may be some things about what they did that you might see something that they didn't, even though they know the Mm -hmm. process, they may not know its importance and some of the key things that made it work for them. They just know that they kept doing it that way because it was working, you know? Right, and I think we're all connected at the end of the day. And I think we were designed to be connected with one another. I mean, if you follow anybody that's world-class in anything, it's impossible to become or to reach your potential in isolation if you're not connecting and reaching out. And we all have blind spots that we're not aware of. But I think that connection is important. Yeah. And we definitely need to know too, is if you have a customer out there anywhere and what you do, you need to know what other people think of you and what you do. And you have to be open to hear and understand that too, in order to become better. And that's difficult too. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And it goes back to the fear we were talking about earlier. It's right. that fear of criticism and not not wanting to hear bad news. Mm-hmm. But I, I would like, I mean, in, in most businesses, the majority of customers don't complain, for example. They just never come back, right? <laughs> oh, like yeah, most, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in most businesses, 9 out of 10 customers that are unhappy, they never complain. They just, they they respond by never coming back to your business. So it's it's an opportunity. 
that that complaining customer is an opportunity to say, save business and to get better at what you do. Um, mm-hmm. And then likewise, yes, whatever your discipline is, getting feedback on where we can improve will help you to take, help you to take that next step. Right. And, you know, I've said this, and I'm not going to identify where I've said it and why, but I think that you not only have to know your product and develop a great product, but you need to know how the layman uses it. No one yeah. cares about how great you are at using it. They need <laughs> to be able to use it. And, yeah. and they need to understand it. And if they think it should work this way or do these things, that's just money. Every suggestion is money. If you can sort of fulfill that need, you can really increase your business. So, Right, but it, it requires being able to see things through the eye of your customer because there's so many things that I think is a great idea, <laughs> but the customer might not agree with me. Right. But if I, if I can see it from their perspective, that's what's going to help me to succeed. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. So Eric, um wow, we we're, we're already 45 minutes in. Um we want wow. to make sure that we are talking about um some of your speaking engagements you've got coming up and and some of the things because I believe you got more than one book out now as well, right? Well, I have an ebook that's out. It's titled One Moment in Time: Preparing right. Your Life for Your Defining Moment. Oh, okay. So that, awesome. Yeah, that came out that's actually been out for a while, um, right. but I talk about how do you get prepared because you see people that have this defining moment in their life, um, but how do you really – it just doesn't happen that way. There's a lot of preparation and steps like in that ebook. I talk about that. But my, I mean, my yeah. main focus now is just I'm in the community doing different book signings and, and just really trying to get the message across as far as how, how precious time is and providing people with resources to get better with their time and really think about what is it they want and how they want to get there. So tell us um, if you've got any um, public speaking engagements coming up or book signings in the near future. um... So the next big book signing I have is going to be, it's in Orlando, Florida at this Mm. um, NSA conference. Um, I'm doing a a book signing there. I mean, that's, that's really the next, uh, big thing that I've got on the calendar. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. we've got listeners in Florida. Uh, wh- what part of Florida? <laughs> it's going to be in Orlando. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And um, you're going to do a book signing and a speaking engagement, or is that going to just be the uh, the signing? Well, no, I'm just going to be uh, signing books. So really, I mean, I've as far as the speaking side of things, so the past – Several months, my main focus has been on this book. So, because mm-hmm. I mean, I've been writing the discipline of now for the past six years. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> you could say that I've been procrastinating on a procrastination book. But, <laughs> 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 you said it before I did. But yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I was <laughs> trying to go ahead and get it out there. You know. <laughs> no, no. But I'm no. Yeah, but but I started I started this process back in 2011, and it's changed and it's evolved, um, and just the let the past several months that's really been my main focus, is, mm-hmm. is really getting this book completed, um, and I'm just kind of letting the next the next steps evolve from there. No, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't wait to read it. I'm getting ready to go to Virginia Beach. And um, I'm going to take it with me, so that that'll be a perfect cool. opportunity for me to um, just drill in. And you know, um, a lot of folks who do read for entertainment, who still actually will grab a book, even if it's on the Kindle or whatever, um, mm-hmm. you really got to look at what is it you're reading, what are you yeah. ingesting, what what. Right impact will it have on your life besides, you know, entertainment? That's one of the things that social media has done as well. It has even impacted our news. We want to be entertained more than we want to be informed. And, and that's kind of dangerous. And it's going to divide us as far as who's successful and who's not, because, you know, you are what you eat. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and we have to realize that the things that we watch and what we read, it 
does have an impact on us, and it does right. affect our decision making, and it can make us more fearful if we don't have that that level of awareness. Yeah, and, and even the things we watch on TV, um, they don't call them programs for nothing. <laughs> really, no, that's, they that's are. very true. Yeah, um, and a lot of um, I think behavior that used to be considered um, un- inappropriate and rude is learned from what we watch in television and we see scenarios where it's okay and we think it's okay in real life as well, but it's not. So um, I'm a little cautious about some of those things as well. And it's just something you should think about. I mean, I think we should actively look at the things that are going on around us and respond to them by making either a mental note or either that, you know, switching and turning to something else. You know, I I talk to people all the time that tell me that they stopped watching the news. They used to watch the news faithfully every evening after coming home from work, and they stopped watching the news, and and they've noticed a difference in their mood. They notice a difference in their mindset. Their head is clearer. I hear that a lot. So, so I think if you can really limit your intake of negativity, I, mean, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, because you, you either have to work against it, which is work in itself, or either that, it's taking you under. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely has an impact. So, But, um, you know, we want to make sure people know actually how to um, contact you to reach out to you as well. Um, And so give you your social media information, your website and all that. Yeah. So on the website, ericmtwigs.com, www.ericmtwigs.com. If you want to email me and let me know how you're doing with the, the rubber band challenge that I put out there earlier, you can feel free to email me at eric at ericmtwigs.com. Um, that's the best way to reach me. You can also call me. I have a, an office number. It's uh, 1-888-812-4705. Those are the ways to get in contact with me. And as far as, okay. as, far as the – there's something I wanted to make clear as far as the book. You know, One of the things you – know, I've read a lot of different – time management books and what I found is that a lot of those books they give you kind of one size fits all answers where mm. my book is the book is different in that it gives you more tailor made solutions that depend on your personality and, and your genetics. And, oh. and and then I've got the model. So I, I you know, like some of the things you hear are, well, you've got to be an early bird. You know, don't check email before noon. Just some of those things that are kind of one size fits all, where I give you specific solutions in the book. And, and it's a quick read. You know, I know of other time management books that are 400 pages long, <laughs> yeah. um, where if you're a procrastinator, you're probably not going to get through it. Uh, my book is 100 pages long. And you can act, uh-huh. and you can get that via the website. It's uh, ericmtwigs.com forward slash the discipline of and say that again the title of the book it's the discipline of now it's 12 and, and, practical principles to overcome procrastination and, and why the discipline of now you know I, I like that I got it right away but I want to make sure everyone else understands the discipline of now because it's, a, it's an amazing statement well because if you look at and one of the things just from all the people I've been around, I noticed that the highly successful people have this habit of acting like now. When they get a good idea, let's say they mm-hmm. hear about a, a multi-level marketing idea. They hear about mm-hmm. an idea at the conference. They move on it. They've mm-hmm. already taken action. Whereas some people, oh, that was a great idea, and then we just never get around to it. So they mm-hmm. have this discipline where they, they can act in the moment. And they can act when they need to act. Right. So the goal of the book, as you go through, and the book is designed to be interactive. There's exercises. The goal is that once you take the steps, that you yourself will be moving with that same level of urgency. Because it, it is a discipline. It takes work. It takes practice. It takes focus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and you know, I remember when I was um I sort of dwelled into a new industry that I didn't really know anything about. I sort of started at the top and then went worked my way backwards. And one of the things I had to do as soon as someone told me anything, I had to test it to know whether or not I had a source for good information and secondly to know if it would work. Yes. And if it were not for that, I would have stumbled for years and years, but instead I was able to move forward in an industry that was just it's just perplexing. It's really difficult to understand. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if well, most of my listeners know. I modeled for 19 years, but I started as the, uh, the you know, assistant director of an agency and sort of went backwards. But it's so much. It's just a it's, it's not a good industry. You know, if you fall into the wrong hands or the wrong side of it, you'll never find your way out. Right. I I can see that. That was one of the things that helped me to get through by actually testing everything I heard from everyone I heard it from to understand whether or not that person was a good source and whether or not the words were true thing I could use. Yeah. Again, I think you bring up a great point. And, you know, I think testing what people are telling you is, is critical and looking at looking at the source of the information and do they have the results that you aspire to? Yes. Mm. And if, if if the answer is no, then you really need to take what they're saying with a grain of salt. Mm, absolutely. Awesome, Greg. Eric, look, I really want to thank you for um, taking time out and um, coming on the show. And as a matter of fact, I probably will hope to hear from you real soon. Um, we could use a, a recharge in a couple of months <laughs> and go back <laughs> through some of these things and Maybe we can talk a little bit, and I'm going to maybe outline a few things that we could um, sort of post ahead of time and take some call-ins. Would you be up yes. for that? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I would love yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I think this would be a, a great topic to be able to do that type of call-in show with. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that real soon as well. Yes, look forward to it. And like I said earlier, you know, this is something else I could just do all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It really is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You are a very easy interviewer, Eric. So yeah, I really appreciate that. Um great content. Everyone go out and get the book. Uh you will be blessed. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate you and I appreciate the time. All right, Eric. Well, thank you very much and we'll talk with you soon. Yes, thank you. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words, they become actions. And watch your actions, they become habits. And watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.